Hey, this is Homer Hargrove. I'm the pastor of Grape Top Church, and this is our podcast. I want to thank you for connecting with our family today, and I hope this message inspires you and that it makes a difference in your life. Enjoy the message. Dramatic pause. Welcome, Facebook community and Instagram and everyone else. Uh, we're so glad that y'all could be a part. We love you very much. Um, we are starting a new series called Scary Truths. Scary Truths. And this series, we're going to really be, as much as we can, straight to the point. It's going to be a very exposing series. All right, so, you know, it's gonna, there's going to be some exposure. We're going to really do our best to identify dangerous things within uh, our behaviors within our churches and we're going to really just call a lot of things out this month and a lot of these truths once we address them it might be scary or a hard pill to swallow for some of us a lot of us but today we're going to start off with they're among us they're among us Ooh, what could it be (laughs) it sounds already like you kind of got goosebumps you know um and this, with this new series, Scary Truths, starting out with uh, this topic of There Among Us, we're going to talk about how things that are so close and so dangerous, things that are so close and so dangerous that we don't even realize that death is right at the door, that destruction is right next to us. I want to start off by talk, uh, our first point is destructive heresies, destructive heresies. And I feel like uh, the word heresy, we always, uh, we imagine like just extreme cult-like behavior, like an HBO documentary about some church, you know, like we imagine just something obviously insane to where you think to yourself, that would never happen to me. I would never get involved with something like that. I would see right through it. And... Let me say this, don't be led to spiritual destruction by snake oil selling preachers. Don't be led to spiritual destruction by snake oil selling preachers. That that term snake oil, it's like an old school term of what, uh, back when America was like being formed and uh, there wasn't technology like the internet to see if someone was a liar or not, or if something worked. It wasn't, there wasn't uh, an abundance of modern medicine. And so people would go around selling tonics or snake oil to, uh, to promise you that this will fix everything about your life. This will, this will fix any ailment. This will solve your problems. Just drink this and it will be solved. And I feel like when I say snake oil selling preachers I want to be clear in the fact that I'm not trying to call any specific minister out person out I believe that the church should be united and that we should look things that bind us closer together not divide us apart and so in saying all this I'm speaking really to the heart of each individual and your own responsibility to guard your faith to grow your faith to, to know your heart, know what you're digesting and what you're listening to. The snake oil selling preacher often comes across in the most obvious way of promising you healing, promising you uh, that marriage, 
that person you've been, that spouse you've been waiting for, promising you something, but you need to just give faith in return by sowing a seed. You, if you if you sow a seed today, God is going to answer that, and He's going to answer your heart's desire and fulfill your wildest dreams. Does that sound familiar to anyone? I want to read this verse. Again, that's the most obvious, but I believe that there's so many more that you wouldn't even recognize if it hit you in the face. Second Peter chapter 2, verse 1 through 3, it says, But false prophets also appeared among the people, just as there will also be false teachers among you, who will secretly introduce destructive heresies, even denying the master who bought them, bringing swift destruction upon themselves. Many will follow their indecent behavior, and because of them, the way of the truth will be maligned. And in their greed, they will exploit you with false words. Their judgment from long ago is not idle, and their destruction is not asleep. The big takeaway I want us to grab from this verse is that it says secretly introduce. Secretly introduce. Many destructive false teachings come disguised as deeper truths. It's like what I said, shared last week. If you ever hear someone talk about deeper truths, watch out. Because it, it is so, the, the Bible is so straightforward that the things that are deeper are, are not these incredibly prophetic, symbolic meanings that will change your life course or change your doctrine. But so often these secret, deeper truths are is when reality is manipulated. When verses are manipulated to say something completely different. It, it's usually a preacher taking obvious scriptures and making them obscure. Something that seems simple, but after they talk all about it, it's like, I had no idea that's what it meant. False teachers will always attempt to exploit your flesh or your fears. They will exploit your flesh, your fleshly desires, what you want, what you desire, what you feel like you need, or your fears, what you're afraid would happen to you for some type of personal gain. They exploit it for a type of personal gain, whether it's money, prestige, influence, or mere attention. All of those things are, are gain, personal gain for a teacher that's exploiting your flesh or your fears. And I want us to just take a moment to grasp some of the messages that you may have heard, where you felt like your heart was pulled, not necessarily towards God or towards Jesus, but towards a fleshly desire that you had. And even after this, pers this person was speaking, you felt like God gave you a specific promise to something that you desired just because this preacher told you that. Y'all dig what I'm saying? Now, don't get me wrong. God can give you promises. He can, he can give you individual promises. He can speak to you directly. And He can use a person to speak to you like that. But I want us to take away that 
whenever what is being pulled on is our flesh or our fears, you might be being exploited. You dig what I'm saying? And money is the most common exchange that we see to where it seems most obvious. Yet thousands and millions of people hang on the very every word of a teacher exploiting them and, and give uh, abundantly, more, more than just tithe, more, they give offerings and they believe that they're sowing seeds in order to get a financial exchange, that God, they're almost like buying their promise. They're buying their miracle. They're buying their future spouse. They're buying their future kids. They're buying salvation. I, I want so badly for my, my mom or my dad, my brother to be saved. I'm going to sow this seed financially. When I say that out loud, does that not make your skin crawl? Does that, why would God be reframing to bring anybody to salvation unless you sowed a financial seed? He, in, he cares about that person independent of you. So why would you be necessary to sow a seed if God has already, since the moment they were born, working on bringing them to salvation? Y'all dig what I'm saying? It is exploiting our flesh and our fears. See, that's a perfect example of our fears. We don't want the person we love to go to hell. We want them to be saved so bad. So it's exploited. And I don't believe that every person or every teacher that talks like that or teaches like that is always intentionally exploiting people. What I believe is that it's become a traditional habit within our American church. Because all of the famous preachers do it. All of the famous televangelists would do it in Generation X. And so that's what is known and that's what is repeated. Our generation is one of the first generations to where we have the ability to look up any verse at the drop of a hat from something in our pocket. Something that is so close to us that most of the time we don't even put it in our pocket. We always just have it in our hand even while we're walking. You can look up scripture on your phone. You can look up doctrinal truths on your phone. You can look up to see if something is a lie or not. You can look up to see if someone's just crazy or not by just searching them on your phone. And so that's why our generation of millennials and even Generation Z are so much more ingrained into local businesses. We, we do not trust franchises anymore. We don't trust big corporate anymore because we can look it up. We can look up the, the lawsuits. We can look up the, the things that don't add up. And that's why we trust local better because there's not as much that's seen. What I'm getting at is we are in a very different generation where things are done very differently because of our technology. And we do not have to continue going by traditions like our parents did in the generation before that. We're able to know why we believe what we believe. Do not let a message exploit you to use your fears or your, your flesh to do something that you never even had an idea of doing before in order to gain something spiritual, especially Many people's faith, many people's faith have been destroyed by teachers like this. You probably have 
friends or family that you know that their, their, their faith is so destroyed, so messed up because of a preacher, a teacher exploiting them. Maybe it was just one, one moment. Maybe it was years of feeling exploited and one day they just woke up. And they will never go back to a church because of that, that exploitation from that minister, from that teacher. People are destroyed and people slander God by the way they live and the way they alter truth. These ministers slander God by the way that they live and the way that they alter truth. And it is so important to understand that the only way to avoid being exploited like this is to know truth itself. The only way you can identify a counterfeit bill is by knowing what a genuine bill looks like. And so often, people chase destructive heresies on TikTok, on YouTube, and they follow these rabbit trails of people that are obviously off, but they're like, oh my gosh, is this real? Is this true? And you chase a destructive heresy because someone on a screen is telling you. I want us to, as at the same time that I say that we don't trust as much, we also are a lot more gullible than our parents were at other times. To where, because we are so apt to not trust the system, we would quicker, uh, sooner doubt the Bible in its entirety to trust a complete stranger on TikTok that's telling us the Bible is not true. Because it's almost like we, we try to lower our standards so much to where we trust anyone with the screen over something that is widely trusted like the Bible itself. Don't just believe anyone that is on a screen. There's destructive heresies and all they're trying to do, on TikTok, all they're trying to do is get more views, get more money, get more likes, get more money, get more influence so that they can get more attention. You have to just really step back and understand that nearly every human being has some type of personal gain as they're trying to influence you. They're not just trying to help you out of the kindness of their heart. They have, and they will malign the Christian gospel. They will malign the way that God is viewed by the things that they teach and do. Y'all dig what I'm saying? Some, some scary truths, right? Some scary truths. And I'll, the last thing I'll say on that is I just want to remind you that these doctrines that are heresy, these destructive teachings are secretly introduced. Secretly introduced. They, they look so close they look so close to things that are normal. Let's look at our next point, which is sheep's clothing. Sheep's clothing. Remember, secretly introduced. A wolf coming in sheep's clothing is secretly introduced. The only sheep eaten by wolves are the ones not paying attention. The only sheep eaten by wolves are those not paying attention. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 15 through 16, Jesus says, Beware of the false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. 
You will know them by their fruits. Grapes are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor figs from thistles, are they? I want us just to pause for a moment thinking about what this verse is saying. When we were to, if we were to just look at this, just as Jesus is sharing it as an allegory, so we should try to pull some, some common sense things out of this verse as an allegory. How do you tell if you're being spoken to by a wolf in sheep's clothing? Well, what I notice is that the biggest thing that's different from a sheep and a wolf is their teeth. Their teeth are vicious. And in the same way, a wolf in sheep's clothing, a person, usually is very vicious in how they talk about others. And it's almost at, at the, the turn of a hat. The way a wolf would just snip at another wolf next to him is the same way that these false teachers, these, these people in wolf, uh, sheep's clothing, they just randomly turn and you see this vicious side of them. It's like, whoa, didn't expect that. Jesus also says that you can tell who they are. You can identify them by their fruits. You can identify them by their fruits. This is talking about their character and the actions that they take. Their character and the actions that they take. A wolf in sheep's clothing is seemingly kind and even motivating. They will perpetuate the, an idea of only trusting them as they desire to control you. Some of y'all are even thinking about like ex-relationships, right? <laughs> They perpetuate an idea of only trusting them as they desire to control you. They want you cuddled up to them and hanging on every word that they say. They will tell you what you want to hear. They will tell you what you want to hear in order to lead you where you never wanted to go. And it will be masked with a seemingly positive messages. But in the end, it will leave you empty. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 3 through 4, it says, For the time will come when they will not tolerate sound doctrine, but wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance with their own desires, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and will turn aside to myths. I feel like this perfectly exemplifies the way that the, mo the majority of American church culture looks at church, at Christianity, at God. They love, we love the messages that make us feel good, that make us feel motivated, that per just perpetuate this like positive vibe, this positive energy, and just all positivity. And we refuse, we turn down real truth we continue to seek out those who make us feel good and I want to be clear in saying that I'm not trying to insinuate that motivating messages are wrong I'm not at all we need to be encouraged at times we need to be motivated there there's times where we are truly down in the dumps we're pessimistic and negative and we need some positivity we need that but we've replaced prayer with positive vibes we have replaced sound doctrine 
with just positive energy, positive sounding things. And if you're not paying attention, the people you follow could lead you down a dangerous path in which not only would your faith be severely damaged, but your entire life could be dramatically altered or changed into a different direction. I want to give a, a simple example, and that is new, the New Age movement. The New Age movement. For those of y'all who don't know, the New Age movement is actually very popular and not widely labeled. It, it's almost like a, a, a superstitious teaching that sounds really appropriate. Some of you may have even heard like the book or the movie The Secret. Yeah. That's all new age movement. And it's a belief system of Eastern influence that emphasizes universal tolerance and doing what feels good. Doing what feels good. It's all about positive energy and you attract in the universe what you desire by thinking it, by being positive. It's just all about what you put out in the universe. And it contends that man is divine and can create his own reality and identity. You can create your own reality. You can create your own identity. And let me step aside and say up front that this, this teaching and this movement, it sounds really appealing. It sounds accurate. It sounds like, well, that... That sounds like just like positive vibes. Like, why would we not want that? How could it be evil? This is actually the same trick the devil used in the Garden of Eden by telling man that he could be like God. You could be like God. You can create your own reality. And you can, you can do everything yourself. In fact, you just need to attract it to yourself and the universe will send it to you. You can actually eliminate God from the equation. And you think you might be thinking to yourself, well, it's still it promotes like, you know, doing what's good, like what feels good, and you know, even like being good to others. Let me say this that this belief is moral relativism. It's a belief that whatever is most popularly moral is accepted. It's a proven failed ethical system. Because if the majority of everything around you is evil or, or supports murder, then you would support murder, murder because it's morally apt to the situation around you. It's, it's a, a moving moral system that never has a, a, a standard. It's just whatever feels good at the time. And even if you were to just say, I want to just take away some of the New Age relativism, uh, this new age movement, but not all of it. I want to say, even if you were to take the idea of well, it, we we follow the teachings of they follow the teachings of Jesus, but not they just don't believe in Jesus. But isn't that so good? To take the morals of God without the power of God would still send you to hell, because we are not saved by our works. We're only saved by the very person that is being nullified in that movement. Y'all dig what I'm saying? The devil doesn't care if you're a good person or a bad person. He's not. His mission isn't to make you sin more. 
I know, big shock. I thought he just wanted me to do like some dirty stuff. No, he actually doesn't care. He just really desires to bring you to hell with him on Judgment Day. That's his only desire. And if, if we were to, to try to keep cuddled up to philo- uh, philosophical ideas, ideologies, doctrines that are completely contrary to, our, to what Christ's doctrine is, you are cuddling up to a wolf in sheep's clothing. And even though it's not hurting you right now, it will devour you one day. It is only dressed like a sheep for one reason, to get close to you and to devour you. It doesn't matter how cuddly or nice it feels right now, it will, it will take you. I want us to go into our last point, and that is the Antichrist agenda. I know, it's like, this is kind of a little forward today, right? There's not even a dating phase to this series. It's just like straight into it. Let me share this. It's anything that attempts to nullify Jesus is demonic. This is a really bold statement. But there's plenty of scripture that confirms this. Anything that attempts to nullify Jesus is demonic. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 1 through 3, it says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world, and by this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming, and now it is already in the world. John is saying a really, really powerful statement. So often we, we want to attack other churches because we go back to the ideas like, well, they're a false teacher. Everything I just said was for our own benefit of bettering our faith because we will have lousy faith that amounts to nothing if we believe crappy teachings and crappy doctrine. There's the very, some of the churches that are accused of false teaching and false prophets help millions of people get the first seed of salvation in their life. The most common person that's looked at is like Joel Olstein, false teacher, 100%, right? (laughs) Because of the the messages that he portrays is, is so close to New Age movement, attracting and believing I, even I don't personally listen to him. I don't. Uh, I don't admire him. But that man has brought more people to Christ than you or me or anybody in this room combined. And that initial seed of salvation, Paul says, it doesn't matter if someone is bring, uh, dropping seeds of the gospel for their own intention, for their own greed, or out of genuine motivation, as long as the gospel is being preached. Everything else that comes with it, that, that's between him and God and all the people, whatever. But at the end of the day, we should not, be, we should not make a movement of holding picket signs outside of churches saying, these guys are false teachers, these guys are false prophets. Because truly, God can do more with a gospel message than 
more with the gospel message that has bad intention than a good message that doesn't have the gospel in it. That leads me to the Antichrist agenda because often we point the finger at these churches and say, false teacher, false teacher. But then we align ourselves that take God out of the equation altogether because we agree with their values. You're, you're trading um, what you are claiming to be a, a not complete gospel to no gospel at all. Y'all dig what I'm saying? Even if their teachings are completely whack, at least they, are pre, they have Jesus as a, a gospel center in, their, in the, the whole motivation of the church. At least people are recognizing Jesus in some way, shape, or form. Even if it is stained. But to take God completely out, I would say, is worse. Y'all dig what I'm saying? This, this verse is saying, John is saying, if someone confesses that Jesus is Lord, then, they have the, the, then that is of the Holy Spirit. That's why I'm, again, pointing at these churches saying it's not our job to, to, to try to point at others, but inwardly look at how we can grow. They're, they're professing Jesus. But those, every message that does not confess Jesus, and in fact nullifies Jesus, denounces Jesus, is of the Antichrist spirit. And I want us to understand that this Antichrist spirit is an agenda. It's an agenda, it's a motivation, and it's incredibly important to realize and understand the spiritual war that Jesus taught us about. He said that the entire world is against him. That if you are not with him, you're against him. There is no uh, uh, allies that, that do not, that, that are work both sides for Jesus. He's either with or against. And if it's not for him, it is against him. To deny him is a complete motivation of the Antichrist, period. Anything that were to try to take away glory from Jesus is of the Antichrist spirit. And if we align ourselves with things that attempt to nullify Jesus, then we are aligning ourselves with demons. It's as simple as that. There's, there's no motivation to nullify Jesus except for the demonic presence of Antichrist agenda. Even if it's discreet, even if it promotes good behavior, doesn't matter. Good behavior without Jesus is still damnation. And so we have to recognize and take a step back that the shadows we connect ourselves with are, is darkness. It's not light. There's, there's, there's truly, when it comes to, to the light and darkness, there is no gray. It's either uh, the good or evil. And we have to understand that the goodness of God is in Jesus himself. Y'all dig what I'm saying? We, we must recognize where people are trying to lead us. We have to recognize that nearly every person, every political figure... Every organization has an agenda of some sort. And even if they were, to, uh, whether they would recognize it or not, if part of that agenda 
is erasing the name of Jesus, nullifying the name of Jesus, then it is of the Antichrist spirit. It doesn't matter if they, even they're recognizing it or not, they're being motivated by spiritual forces. And I want us to really take away from this that they, they are, this, all of this that we're talking about is among us, right next to us. And if we do not open our eyes, we, we will continue to be led to destructive places. I'm not talking about instantly. I'm talking about people that have aligned themselves with darkness for years, not even realizing it. And one day, it just cuts off. Their faith is cut off. That all of church and churchianity is cut off. Their Christian beliefs are cut off. And it's not in a moment. It's a slow decay because the devil is crafty. And he will use these destructive heresies to malign Christ in your mind and your heart. He will use, uh, he will use these wolves in sheep's clothing to slowly destroy you. To lead you into a place where you're trapped and you don't know how to get out. And he will definitely use antichrist agendas that seem positive, good, good vibes to take Jesus out of your life altogether. You can be a, a, a morally sound, good person without Jesus. Even though Jesus says that no one is truly good, to our world standard, you can be a nice person without God in your life. But that's not what qualifies anything when it comes to our salvation. We're not saved by our works. We're only saved by the very name of Jesus as being taken out time and time again and replaced with good works. So let's take a moment to bow our heads and close our eyes. And right now, if you're in this room and you just feel like the Holy Spirit is ministering to you about really aligning yourself solely with Jesus and taking out these, these bad doctrines, these bad teachings, and understanding that it is Jesus alone. You feel like God is just calling you to this authentic salvation, this authentic, even maybe a rededication where you just reset yourself to focus on Jesus and alone. If that's you, with every head bowed and eye closed, I want you to raise your hand. Amen. So right where you're at, I pray, I, I want you to pray to God and just simply talk to Him out of your own heart. The Bible says in the book of Romans that if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is who He says He is, surely you shall be saved. Notice that all the attention is on Jesus. All of the attention is on Jesus. He said that He is the way, He is the truth, He is the life. Every other path, every other religion says these methods are the way this these scriptures are the truth this this practice will give you life jesus is the only person that that embodies all three of those within himself he didn't point in any other direction he said i encompass them and so talk to him right now in your own words and say jesus i want to know you I don't want to know all these other teachings. I don't want to know 12 steps to make me right with God. I just want you in my life right now. Help me. I don't know how to be more authentic than this moment, Jesus. Help me. I need you 
I need you. I need you. And that's it. You can finish the work in me. I don't need to trust in anything else. You can. Be the Lord of my life. Be the Savior of my soul. You died on the cross. You rose from the dead. As you're having that own conversation with Him in your heart, your mind, if you're here, and you've, throughout this message, you realize that you have been unintentionally aligning yourself with dangerous doctrine, with even antichrist agendas, and you real, and you just realize that, and you're just saying, God, I wanna, I wanna just make this wholehearted uh, path to you, to where I'm not taking, I'm not being exploited, and I'm not going away from good doctrine. And you just want to have like a reset moment in your faith. I want you to just raise your hand. Amen. Holy Spirit, I ask right now that you minister a greater work and that you help us to throw off all shades of darkness. I pray that you help us throw off all, all tricks of the enemy. That you would even push wolves around us away. And that you would just do a fresh work in our hearts and our spirits. And that you would give us eyes to see and ears to hear. And that you would produce discernment within our spirits so that we would not listen to heresies. That we would not follow selfish desires and label it as faith. But that we would simply chase after you, Jesus. I pray that you do a greater work in this moment right now. In Jesus' name, amen. In the same the same attitude of reverence. I want us to have a time of worship, and uh, Carolyn's going to lead us today. But before we do, I want uh, we're going to sign up online. Thank you guys for being a part. We love you. I hope you enjoyed the message today. If you did, there's a couple things that you could do to connect. First is to subscribe to our show so that the most recent episode will always be in your feed, ready when you are. And second is if this ministry has impacted you and you'd like to help us continue to reach others, you can click the link in the description or visit our website, gravetop.com, and you can give now. I'll see you next time on the Gravetop Church Podcast.